0: Welcome back to the Digital Shop Talk podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Josh Allen, Vice President of Marketing at Location3. I'm thrilled to be joined today to talk all things franchising with fellow colleague in franchising and friend of Location3 from Franchise Business Review, President and COO, Michelle Rowan. Michelle, how are you today?
1: I am good, Josh. Thanks for having me today.
0: And I got to say, it was great seeing you in person in Las Vegas uh, a few weeks ago at the IFA convention, as I often refer to it, the Super Bowl of franchising. Um, I think the IFA has actually adopted that term, so I might have to look into trademark. Um, That's right, yeah. Having said that, um, you know, IFA, obviously, I want to kind of start there. But before I do, tell us a little bit about Franchise Business Review and a little bit about your background and kind of what FBR does to support and promote all that is franchising.
1: Yes. Uh, so Franchise Business Review has been around for almost 18 years. Uh, Eric Steitz founded the company and the idea was getting feedback from franchise owners on what they feel like their franchisor is doing well uh, around training and support in different areas of that. And then using that data to highlight the best brands that have the strongest franchise relationships uh, and trying to help them grow so that it's kind of twofold how we work with operations teams, getting that data for them to use to figure out how to prioritize what the franchisees needs, and then using that data to help them grow and find new franchise buyers that are good fits for their brand.
0: Excellent. Also quick plug, not only is she an FBR superstar, but owner and proprietor of Woodland Farms Brewing in Kittery, Maine, U.S. Route 1. Try their IPA the next time you're in the great Northeast. We'll talk about beer hopefully on another episode, but maybe toward the end as well. Um, Appreciate having you on today. I mentioned IFA 2023 at the top, a huge, huge annual gathering. For those that don't know the International Franchise Association, it's their annual convention. It's for folks like Michelle and Franchise Business Review, our team at Location 3, franchisors, franchisees, suppliers, and everything in between to really gather and talk about the state of the state of franchising, what we've learned over the last 12 months, where we see franchising going, to kind of start us off, what were some of your biggest takeaways from this year's convention in general?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, the the there's definitely more conversation around how to align or have your marketing and your operations teams collaborate. So that is, you know, that's what we love to talk about. Um, more content around diversity, equity, inclusion, which I was happy to be part of a, a session that talked about. How we kind of reach those people to come in as franchise candidates and and help be aware of the barriers, the traditional barriers of getting them into franchising, and how to address those. Uh, I think the other two hot topics were AI, hot hot topic around how yep. that's impact franchising, and then everybody's challenge around employees is you know where do we find them, how do we staff, and and the culture of our organizations to make sure that we're places workplaces that people want to be in and contribute to. So those were, I think, the the big stuff that I came away from the event thinking about.
0: Certainly. I I agree uh, on the point of AI in particular. Um, Definitely a hot topic, not just in franchising, but in general. And it seems certainly, you know, as we know, AI is not new. It's been around. We've used it in many ways, um, sometimes unknowingly, even as consumers and uh, and everyday online users, but with the rise of jet GPT and the adoption by Microsoft, obviously Google is rolling out barred their kind of artificial intelligence, um, integration with search. There's a lot of, I guess the conversation around AI is picking up speed. And I will say at the convention, that was one of the most well-attended sessions. People were, you know, lined up at the door, spilling into the back, um, when we talk about AI, it seems like there's a lot of conversation around it, but depending on your perspective, some folks it's detailed conversation, but to you, where do you see AI both short-term and I think long-term impacting franchising, whether that's in operations marketing or what have you?
1: Yeah. So this is a great conversation. And I think, um, I think what's interesting is that we're all talking about this at home too. And so um, just Patty, I know has been really active Patty Rother about her use of, of uh, chat GPT and other sources too. And same with my relationship is there seems to be one person in your relationship that is like into this and checking it out and playing with it. And then the other one that is, that is fearful that the robots are taking over. So I think that, you know, it's, it's scary and it's changing fast. So I, I totally get that, but um, if you're not playing with it, if you're not tuned into the conversation, now is the time to do it. So I think everyone kind of has that demarcation of November 30th. That's when chat GPT um, three came out and and beca- I think was on everyone in franchising's radar. So mm-hmm. what it's very accessible. You don't have to know uh, anything really, to just start playing with it. So mm-hmm. what I have said is like, you're not far behind get in there and and get there and find out different things you could use it for. What I loved is people saying, What do you do every day that this could help speed up? So if you think about it from that standpoint, for yourself and your role, but also making that kind of leap in how this could help you support your franchisees better, I yeah. think we're going to see a lot of uh, impact that AI can have on processes. The checklist, all the things that are important to franchising, to really standardize the way that you deliver your product or service to customers, mm-hmm. we're going to see that come through a lot in this next year. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think when we look at it from a you know purely marketing perspective. Um, you know, we've been fortunate to roll out even a case study with Google about leveraging things like auto-applied recommendations within paid campaigns, stuff that typically used to be very manual. Uh, from a campaign and a media management perspective, we see AI removing the need for those, you know, as you kind of put it, mundane manual tasks. And when we talk about franchising, the big challenge for any adoption or process system marketing campaign is to do so consistently at scale. That's where I think we see AI, at least in the short term, impacting how do we do this more efficiently, reduce time and do so at scale. I think that's where franchising has a, a big benefit. Do you see that, you know, in any practical application from an operations standpoint?
1: I mean, yes. So the stuff that you just said, I am not deep into the marketing world. So I'm already like, that's great that Josh is tuned into how it's going to help on that side, because that's what I think about is, you know, there's this fear that people are going to be replaced by AI, but that's not, that's not the case. You have to have the person that can massage the query or get, or be able to assess what you're given and how you're actually going to make that more accurate for your brand. So on the operation side, I think about, you know, what are those, what are those topics that you want to cover either from a training standpoint or just what does the franchisee need to do their, their job better? And how are you as the franchisor using AI to deliver that to them? They don't really care how it comes about, but they need it to run their business. They're so busy as business owners trying to juggle it all in that if you can take that off of them, creating job descriptions. I think this is a huge play on that. the the earlier takeaway around employees is that Uh still franchisors that are saying, I can't help my franchisees recruit employees because I'm concerned about joint employer um, Mm -hmm. laws or confusion of that gray line. But this is how you do that. This is how you help them and create tools that they can use in their business. You're not mandating it, but on the operation side, helping them understand how to create a culture in their organization, job descriptions, how to interview things that you're looking for. All of those things help them find their employees that they need to grow their business, but you're not overstepping. You're not mandating. And so I think thinking about it from that standpoint, in that a third party or how your vendors are using AI can help you deliver a better experience for your franchise owners. And you're not crossing over any kind of um, joint employer concerns, in my Mm -hmm. opinion, but ask your turn.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I think you made a great point in terms of, you know, we're in agreement that to me, at least as far as the human element, and I think we, we feel this broadly at location three, it's freeing up AI is freeing up more room for strategy. And I think that's really important. And you kind of touched on this. I think those businesses and brands are, that are going to be successful are the ones that are, you know, have smart people leveraging AI in smart ways to remove all of that kind of mundane manual task work and free up subsequently more time for strategy, critical thinking, innovation, all the stuff that really ultimately drives those business outcomes. So it's going to be fascinating to see where this goes. It's certainly, I think, more in the forefront of the general public consciousness than it has been at any point. Um, and it's only going to continue. So certainly exciting and no, no question it was one of the hottest topics at convention. Seguing to another big conversation, whether it was on the exhibit hall floor at some of the roundtables, uh, and I think has been part of the, the conversation for at least the last three to six months, is the dreaded R word recession. You know, depending on who you ask, we're in one, we're approaching one. I think there's varying perspectives depending on the business category you're in is also impacting how you look at the market right now. You know, we're recording this in a week where all the news is about Silicon Valley Bank and its failure and and just kind of continuing conversation at the forefront around the market and economic conditions. When it comes to franchising and some of the conversations that you've been having whether at IFA or otherwise, what are you seeing? What are folks talking about? Help me take the temperature from your perspective on franchisors and and how they assess the market going forward in 2023.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think from my, I mean, I've been in the industry for almost 18 years now, I think. So I will say franchising always remains very optimistic. So I, I definitely think there's more people thinking that there's something coming. Is it the recession, but how do you do different? How do you do your business differently, even knowing that's coming? So recessions traditionally have been very good for franchising. People will lose jobs. People don't want to go work for someone else. It's a great opportunity for them to explore being in business, being their own business leader. The one thing that I think could uh, impact it, which I don't think franchisors are seeing this yet, is the access to capital or how expensive it is to to, uh, borrow money, could impact decisions to buy. And so if we just think about it from the, the way that COVID impacted franchising in that there's not much that could stop franchising, we will keep selling franchises, brands will keep growing, but mm-hmm. franchisors need to address the fear that people have in moving forward. They, they need to show the stability of the brand. They need to talk about the relationships they have with their franchise owners, how they have supported them historically through those ups and downs of the economy, of a pandemic, whatever that is, I think that it's, it's in people's minds. So pretending like it's not coming or that it's not impacting you um, would not be, would not be a great idea, put it out there. and, And it'll allow you to kind of assess where they're at in thinking that it's coming, but also talk through what this means as far as being in a franchise, if you're going through something like that versus being an independent business owner. So I still think there's lots of opportunity, but to pretend like something's not coming I mean, we're seeing that it's coming. So whether it's a true recession or not, we'll let the economists figure that out. But I, I would say talk about it. It's going yep. to impact us.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, you know, on obviously for us on the B2C side, you know, we see consistency in many cases where we're not seeing tremendous increase in ad spend year over year or budgets. In some cases we are, you know, I think it depends on the category and, and the partner, Um, but the idea, I think more philosophically that making those dollars go a bit further in 2023 relative to market conditions from a franchise development side, because I know you guys work, you know, in conjunction with a lot of franchisors to support their initiatives. Do you see brands adjusting goals for unit acquisition or being more, or I guess, adjusting at least in terms of the type of candidates that they're looking for and qualifying when it comes to try to hit those unit growth goals. What do you see on the friend side?
1: Yeah. I, so I don't think I never really ask about reforecasting until second quarter. So I don't know that anyone's changing goals yet, but I will say the majority of people I'm talking to are the, the anecdotal information is we're up compared to last year. We're not hitting what we budgeted for this year. Um, I'd say up around seven to 15% is kind of where I've heard. I just started having these conversations at IFA because it feels like a lifetime has happened in 2023, but we're still in the first quarter. So it's just all moving really fast. Mm -hmm. So the, I mean, this is going to be, everybody says this, when you start thinking it's time to pull back on marketing, it is not the time to pull back on marketing. So thinking about, and again, here's where your AI case comes in, use AI to help figure out where your money is best spent. What are your competitors not spending on, but What franchisors should really be thinking about is, I wouldn't change the profile of the candidate. I wouldn't change what you're saying that they need for money unless you're upping it just to kind of prepare them for that. Um, But think about if you know that people aren't spending as much, that means your consumers aren't spending as much. So what are you doing to bring in new business or repeat business or to provide that awesome, consistent customer experience so that you can keep those dollars? Um, I'm in a Vistage group, and so one of the indicators is when they start looking at uh, grocery sales and and um, bulk stuff that's being bought, and that stuff's mm. not bought right now, which means people don't have the extra money. They're focusing on what they need right now, so it does indicate that consumer spending is changing. So how are you going to be that? How are you going to keep those people loyal or find new customers, knowing that the dollars are going to be harder to get out of their wallet?
0: Yeah it's no, a that's a great point um and thinking about you know brands that are seeking to grow units a big part of um, you know for in trying to find the right candidates and conversely for the entrepreneur trying to buy into the right system is you know looking at obviously overall brand equity and presence you know the satisfaction of current owners and and the success and growth of current owners you know FBR you guys do a lot in terms of helping franchisors assess, you know, franchisee satisfaction, performance, operational efficiency. Can you talk a little bit about how you go about that, how you measure that success and how that translates back to the franchise or in a way that makes their brand more marketable to potential candidates down the line?
1: Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, we say it all the time: if you don't have happy franchisees or satisfied franchisees and you don't have unit profitability you shouldn't be spending money on development. You should be spending money on fixing what's in your house now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot of the work that we do, we are helping operations teams understand what the franchisees are, how they rate their marketing, their training and support, those core functions of a franchise system. But I think other things to think about is that it's not always about what you're doing is not working. It's about aligning the expectations of your franchise owners and what the corporate team is doing for the brand. So I think that sometimes franchisees can get so in it that they know their local market and they don't know that whole, how do how does the brand need to grow to make this a franchise that it works in every market size, that it works across the country yeah. or globally. So thinking about what your franchisees are asking for, if it's not something within your rail your your kind of your box of what works for this brand, you have to articulate to the franchise owners that this is not the type of support or something that we're going to do internally. So if we need to find an external source to help you with that, let's do that. So I think understanding what they need, you have franchisees that are awesome and get the idea of local store marketing or digital marketing. And then you have other franchisees that do not get it. Mm -hmm. So just understanding it's not a one size fits all. So what do you have that works for anybody that can plug and play with this, but then know that as business owners, we all have different strengths and we have different challenges. So what are you doing, again, to help that franchise owner grow their business and also provide that amazing customer experience? Because that's that's what you need for the consistency of your, of your model.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And and you mentioned this kind of in response, and we talked a little bit about this at the convention in person, how, how can marketing and operations, uh, which often, depending on the franchise or still live in silos, You know, understandably in some cases, but even when it comes to sharing data or insights from one another, what, how do marketing and operations work better together to produce results? simple question, complex answer.
1: Such a complex answer. And to, and there's definitely, I think we're seeing more alignment or breaking down of those silos, but I think this is going to be a real common theme that runs through our FBR summit this fall, which is for operations teams. But I think that there's, there's a responsibility to the marketing team that your ops team has some level of awareness around the marketing support you offer or those Ways to pick up on those red flags of what's not working for this franchise owner or what do they need more help with, whether, again, that's your internal team or external. But I think if we're all running off of these KPIs that are more reverse, looking at how we've done the last month, the last week, your field coaches, your support people that are working side by side with the franchise owners have the opportunity to predict that something is slipping or falling and have you... Uh, get in there and help them with it before it gets to the point where you're trying to fix something. So I think that's kind of, if you think about it, we've talked a lot about when you bring a candidate in, making sure that your operations teams understand what's been promised so that they deliver on it. It's the reverse in that when your ops people are in the field, what kind of intel can they bring back to your marketing team that you get outside of just looking at spreadsheets and numbers or dashboards?
0: I love it. I love it. I think it's when we we wrestle with constantly because marketing can inform operations and vice versa. And they, they really do need to live side by side versus in silos. And I, I do see one of the takeaways for me in general from the convention is you see more adoption of that mindset, whereas even four or five years ago, that was not necessarily the case. So it's moving in the right direction. Uh, and hopefully it continues to do so. I know we're running out of time, Um, I think one kind of final question I wanted to just ask you in general is we've seen franchising continue to evolve in terms of, you know, brands getting better at things like digital or integrating marketing and operations, better use of data to make informed business decisions, but there's still areas for improvement. Is there anything else that stands out to you that how can how can franchising as a whole continue to move forward and what steps do you see that have been taken even in the last six to 12 months in a positive direction in terms of moving franchising forward?
1: Yeah, I I think, I mean, we've got to, we've got to figure out how to help with these uh, hiring challenges because you can't grow a business if you can't staff. So um, it's also getting a lot more expensive for your franchise owners to do business. So what are you doing to try and offset the increase in labor costs or uh, your supply chain products? So I think that there's, there's so much positive. There's positive things happening in franchising and what seems to be picked up in national media tends to focus on the the bad sides of franchising. So I think if we all work to really talk about the great work that we're doing in franchising and to tell those stories of the success stories, that's going to offset just the, the noise and the negative headlines that pull things in. So I think that that's that's something that we really need to think about is that we all have a responsibility to tell to tell all the story of franchising.
0: Yep. Okay, two quick questions before we wrap. One is kind of random and completely off the wall. TikTok, next great marketing channel for franchising or going to get banned in the United States of America? What's your take?
1: I am 47 years old, Josh. So TikTok for me <laughs> is what my daughter forwards me. <laughs> Um, Nothing, nothing should be banned. Like this is, this is my whole point is that we can, we can regulate ourselves. We, we can be responsible. The government does not need to step in on everything. So I hope that it does not um, get banned, but I also do not understand the hours that people can spend on it, but that's, you know, I'm, I'm all for everybody finding their joy in their way. Um, Yeah. I'm totally not in tune with the TikToks unless they're forwarded to me.
0: Yep. I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. We have a robust debate internally at location three going on this topic, but we'll save that for another time. The last question
1: on the consumer side, I think if you're B2B, your audience is not on TikTok.
0: Yeah. I I think that's kind of where we sit right now and it'll be fascinating. They're jumping into the search market to kind of supposedly compete with Google. So so who knows? It'll, it'll be interesting to see TikTok evolve. Um, Last question, you know, what, I, I guess just in general, whether it's upcoming events. What are you looking forward to as we go ahead in 2023? Because we talked about recession. We've talked about some of these other challenges, but there's a lot of positivity, as you noted. What, What are you most excited about this year?
1: Yeah, I think this year is going to be all about innovation and disruption. I think this digital marketing world and what AI is going to bring to all of us in business is going to be fast and it's going to I think when we look at where we were in January of 2023, or we could use November 30th, 2022, and from a year from now, we're going to see a lot of movement. Um, So that I'm excited about. I'm also looking forward to seeing how all of this disruption and this change changes the roles that we need in our companies. So what does that that mean for the type of people we're hiring? And then also, how does that impact our workplace experience or our culture with teams? So still trying to figure out that hybrid, that in-person But I I am looking forward to kind of, I don't want to say figuring that all out, but see what comes of that. Um, And then also to the customer experience. I think that it's going to be the year of how you deliver that consistency and how you create those loyal raving fans will be the differentiator between you and everyone else in your space.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, fantastic insights today. Again, Michelle Rowan, Franchise Business Review President and COO. You can find her on LinkedIn. Where are we going to find you on the road next? Where are you going to next?
1: I think that I'm not on the road until summer board meeting, perhaps.
0: Okay. All yeah.
1: right. I, I, um, yeah. You'll see the FBR team at the multi-unit conference in Vegas.
0: Right. That's at the end of April in Vegas, right? Yes. Perfect. Excellent. Well, thank you, Michelle. Always great talking to you. Great seeing you again in person a couple of weeks ago. Looking forward to catching up again here soon on the franchising circuit. Uh, That's it for us on Digital Shop Talk today. You can download this wherever you find your podcasts. And we look forward to having you back here next time. Thanks again, Michelle. Thanks, Josh.